Welcome to Relationships Are Underrated Podcast. I am your host, Trip Kramer, and alongside me, my co-host, Jonathan Asley, the jovial one. The jovial Jonathan Asley. <laughs> What's up, man? Not much. How you doing, my friend? We got a wedding coming up, don't we? Yeah. Well, by the time this airs, it's already going to be passed. <laughs> oh, you're right. Okay, yeah. so I'll you'll just be say this. you'll be officially married. Yeah, I'll say, wow, man, that was that was a great time. We had a great wait time. Wait a minute, didn't wait a minute. We? Until it actually is a done deal, <laughs> I'm I'm holding out until I actually say I do to you both, <laughs> or you say I do to both of you. I mean, well, to each other. Listen, it's uh, uh, you're gonna do a great job. Or I should say, you did a great job. <laughs> Thank you so much for officiating my wedding. Oh. You're the man. I'm honored. I'm honored. So today we're talking about introducing our relationship to family and loved ones. And this is interesting because this really spans a lot of, in a lot of different directions. Yeah. Because... This- it's not just about introducing your girlfriend or boyfriend to your parents, but to your the rest of your family and to kids, if you have kids or if you're divorced or to your ex-spouse. So there's a lot of moments and... And even friends, by the potential way. Potential situations. Yeah, sorry. You said potential moments. Yeah. The friends. Yeah, where, where you're just introducing your partner to other people in your life. In fact... It's yeah, that that's a good point too. Is it's not just about family, but introducing to friends, and yeah. that's a that's a big. It's one interesting on because, you know, my coaching practice, I like to have my clients look at not just dating, but to look well beyond the early stage of dating to look even into the relationship itself, and to look beyond that. And what I mean to say, Trip, is like, like kind of visualize. What is your life going to be like with this person, not just from the beginning of dating, but from like the fourth month you're in a relationship or the sixth month you're in a relationship? What does it look like? Are you spending time with family and friends? Are you are you meeting the parents? You know, and again, since my demographic tends to be a little bit more divorced, you know, the whole dynamic of of meeting children and I don't want to say that there's a protocol because I don't think one size fits all. And at the same time, it's important to actually think about this from an intentional perspective because, you know, doing things haphazardly from what I've observed in people in relationships tends to end up in disasters. So... How do you well, mean by that? You know, okay. I mean, and because I work with women, I and this is going to sound like a judgment to the ladies listening, but oftentimes you operate, well, if we love each other, all the magic fairy dust in the world is going to make this work. And I'm like, no, being, yeah. Hey, dude, men too. I'll tell you. It's same idea. I mean, a lot of guys well, being, have that same thought is they overlook the red flags and things like that. And everything's going to be fine. My family's going to love them. My friends are going to love them. Everything is great because you're just in the, in the oxytocin <laughs> cocktail. Uh, between testosterone and dopamine and estrogen and oxytocin and even serotonin mixed in. I mean, it's like, a, it's like is it a Mazatov cocktail or is it a Boston Tea Party? <laughs> That's hilarious. That's and, you good. know, when I got married, <laughs> like or when, excuse me, when I met my 
soon to be fiance is what I meant to say, the woman who I married. You know, I'm thinking back to when I met her family and she met my family. We actually, we had a plan, you know, we were going to plan dinner and, you know, my parents drove up to her parents' house and we, you know, engaged in conversation. It was kind of awkward at first. And we gave each other a little bit of insight about the other parent kind of thing. I, I told my girlfriend at the time, parents, a little bit about my parents and vice versa. So we actually kind of prepared them a little bit so it wasn't so awkward when they met. And it turns out both the the men and my father and her father were engineers. So right off the bat, I'd say, you know, dinner, I say, hey, did you guys know that you're both engineers? You worked at Rocketdyne. My dad worked at TRW. And they could start, you know, like, oh, you know, they found their commonality with each other. I want to even take it just even one tiny step back. I think that's really good. Also, yeah, you know, I'm trying to think of where this all starts, of where does it all begin? And, and it's the conversation that you end up having with your partner about your family and about your friends. So what you're saying kind of sparked me to, to say this, is that it's really important to communicate to your partner what your relationship is mm. with the people in your life. And I would even go as far as to say why you think they're important in your life. And that's kind of a hard question to answer because even in, in your own life, you're thinking, wait, what what role do my parents play and why are they important to me? And what role, it's funny, you don't think about that a lot because it's like, oh, they're your parents. People think a little bit more about that maybe in their friends, like what roles do their friends play in their lives? Or maybe not, maybe they're like, I don't know, we're just friends. But I think it's important to think about what roles do people play in your lives that are important to you. It doesn't have to be every single person. The people that you're excited to introduce your you know partner to. As you're sharing this, it reminds me why I love being a coach. And I suspect you feel the same way. For a second, I thought <laughs> no, you were going to say, why I love, I love being, being your friend. Because I love challenging people sometimes. But more importantly, I love the idea of inspiring people to look beyond the surface of a relationship like that's even though I'm a dating coach you're a dating coach it's really what's the point of being a it, the goal is to get them into a relationship and kind of look beyond the surface and go okay I want to encourage you to be thinking downstream and and not attached to the idea of downstream but to be thinking okay it's not just about you know, the, the attraction piece, you know, which is oftentimes the dating conversation. It's more like, you know, do we share the same values with this person? You know, are our lifestyles going to be blendable with one another? And more importantly, and this is what I emphasize so significantly, is, is this person a grown up enough to be in relationship with? So teaching communication skills, you know, within couplehood, if you will, and I know you do the same things for your guys, is to better prepare them to be in a relationship. And thinking about this topic, you know, necessarily you don't have to think about it before you go on a first date with someone. But once you start a relationship with someone, these are really the important topics to help build a successful relationship instead of, oh, we're just spending time together and, you know, it's all fun and dandy. But then where is it going to go? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I was going to say this. When it comes to introducing your partner to the people in your life, yeah. first via communication and not you know, in real life, but via communication, 
another reason why that's so important is because, and here's where it gets interesting. Yes. <laughs> your partner may not like the people that you introduce them to. Or, well, let me piggyback on that. Or the people you introduce them to don't like them. <laughs> well, that, that could be a whole other episode. Yeah, we need we to do an episode that. on that because... <laughs> right, the, the, the inverse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because introducing your friends and family to your partner. You know, I don't know if there's any statistics on this. I, I You know, how many relationships fail because the people in your life don't like <laughs> the person you introduce them to. I, I'm sure it's it's not a small number. Yeah, I, I would say so. It's not a small number. I've heard countless stories about uh, mother-in-laws. Yes, who are just disasters. And that, so that's just one example. How does your future way. mother-in-law think of you? Oh, she loves me. <laughs> and I love her. She's uh, she is amazing. I'm very I feel very blessed that the family that it sounds funny to say the family I'm marrying into. It's not yeah. I don't know if that's the way to say it, but the family that's joining our family, yeah. my family, is great. I mean, everyone's great. Everyone gets along. And by the way, that wasn't the case in in all my relationships. I feel very blessed. So in my marriage, I will say my, my mother-in-law to be, nor my mother, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if my mother-in-law liked me that much. She didn't dislike me, but there wasn't like she loved me. And my mom being, you know, very protective of her son, I don't think there was anybody good enough except for her kind of thing. But my mom was a bit of a borderline narcissist. <laughs> She's a great woman, don't get me wrong. But, you know, so it, it there was moments where there was tension. So I'm glad, by the way, really quickly, how does your mom feel about Megan? Loves her. Okay. Loves her. Well, what there yeah. isn't to love. I mean, you scored big time, my friend. I got to agree. I yeah. got to agree. Yeah. And I, I'm really, I'm being honest here. I'm not trying to be overly optimistic or overly positive. It, it really, it worked out. But you know, Megan and I are very similar in the way that we vibe and our energy and all those things. So it makes sense that she would come from a family of that similar vibe and I'm coming from my family of that sim similar energy and vibe. So it does meld together pretty well. And that's really nice. Do you think your work, and this is your work coaching, really prepared you and the way you prepare your clients to actually, you know, I'm struggling to find the words, so please forgive me. But I, I, well, I'm going to use the word prepare you for these introductions in a way that maybe was different than when you were younger in those introductions. That's a really good question. I would say... Because I have an idea on it, if you're open to well, hearing it. Uh, let's go ahead. Well, go with what you're thinking. So here. one of the benefits that we both have is that we spend a lot of time studying human behavior, psychology, and relationships. I mean, we spend a lot of time. I mean, this is our area of expertise. And, and because of that, I believe now, see, back when I was getting married, I was clueless. And now I think you are so far more evolved than where you were maybe eight years ago in your first big relationship. Well, I would say all the lessons I've learned from my past relationship have definitely had an effect 
on the current relationship. And then absolutely the stuff that I teach guys and prep them for for relationships, it does carry over. It does carry over. Now, in terms of prepping them to meet parents and, and introducing and all those things, I think maybe a little bit. I think it's a little bit of a, of a, of a different conversation. You know, I think it's, it's about being, I would say, honest with your partner. And I think that that does have a big role when you're dating because something I've really realized over time is yeah, if you date somebody and you're giving a, off this false version of you just to try to get a girl to like you, yeah, you can't sustainably hold on to that for that long. No. You can't just fake your way. I mean, you can fake your way into a, a dating scenario or relationship, but eventually it all comes out. And so it's this interesting combination of becoming a guy that is your most attractive self and your most powerful self, which I believe you have to be anyway beyond whatever that has to do with attracting a woman or getting into a successful relationship about being a guy who has really high self-esteem, super confident and feels like he can navigate life properly and being that guy and loving that person who he is and what ends up happening is that's authentic because now that's you and then you end up having the ability to meet more women because of that and then filtering for the right woman because of that and then you really get to be a true version of yourself that is attractive so you know that funny common cliche of <laughs> oh you want to get a girl just be yourself we're like that doesn't work because that's not well, first of all it's not specific <laughs> information or advice it's not specific at all but also the guy is not the best version of himself so being himself isn't going to do anything or it's not going to work so so what i love about this and and i i could spend the next five minutes sharing how i i encourage my clients to do the same is ultimately when when a human being, we'll just now say men or women, are in their, for lack of a better word, their empowered self, how that's going to show up in relationship is really awesome, you know, provided that, you know, <laughs> provided that you kind of have your shit together, you know, maybe in your professional life and you, you take good care of your body. And, you, and what I mean to say is you eat healthy and exercise because longevity in life is really important. And your mind is in a space of positivity instead of negativity and, and victim consciousness. And, and your spirit is shining. And all of those combined, when you actually meet those family and loved ones, they're going to like you because you're operating practically from a place of liking yourself. And I just will say that, I'm going to say that after my divorce, you know, when I was actively dating, I wasn't liking myself. I really wasn't. It was all the work I've done, both as a coach and as a, as a person that wanted to improve from a personal development perspective. I made some really foolish mistakes with introducing my children to people. And, and I say that I was acting so much based on lust and limerence without ever really giving thought to how introducing women to my children could affect them later on. 
And so why I'm saying this out loud is I wished at that time, and I'm certainly now so better prepared, that I wished at that time I was more deliberate about which people entered into my children's lives. And I say this to my clients now all the time. This is a critical conversation for those that are divorced and have children. So what advice would you give? Because I have some thoughts, but I want to hear yours first. What advice would you give to people who are dating in relationships, who eventually want to introduce their partner to their current children? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because right off the bat, the first thing is to establish that the relationship I'm in is not just monogamous and exclusive, that there's a commitment there. And in addition, and I'm really piggybacking on this, is that commitment to each other is something where we're exploring a long-term serious relationship because I cavalierly introduced women that I wasn't even in a committed relationship with to my children. And that was a big no-no. And why I say a serious relationship, because children can get very attached to people very quickly. And I mean, they can get attached to someone even on a first meeting. And unless there is a real I'm going to say a serious commitment to do something from a long-term perspective, I would highly recommend not introducing children until that is established. Yeah, because it can really mess up a kid if all of a sudden he or she becomes attached to your girlfriend, for example. Yeah. And then, oh, it wasn't really that serious to begin with, and now she's gone, and now they have to go through that. I feel like it can be almost like a series of little traumatic events for these kids. Yeah. In and out, in and out. It's confusing. They don't know what's going on exactly. They form these close relationships and all of a sudden now that person is gone. That seems like it could be detrimental. Yeah, there's a, there's a sense of abandonment. I mean, that's really... And it will affect them depending on the age. It can... You know, that's another big piece of this because children under the age of 12 are highly, highly impressionable. Another thing is this. You run the risk of potentially introducing your kids to, let's go the opposite, right? We're saying, oh, they might get attached and then the person, then you break up. What if the person you're dating or in a relationship with is a piece of shit? (laughs) <laughs> and they do something to harm. I'm serious. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Now I know to, where to you're harm. going. Yeah. And they do something to harm your kids or something like that. And I say that because, well, if you're introducing your kids to the person you're dating or in a relationship too quick and you don't know them well enough, you run a risk. And the risk is, I don't know, maybe this person is, is not a great person. They say something to your kids that, you know, so it's it's almost like the longer you wait, you yourself have more vetting time to know this is a good person and I really am excited to introduce them to my kids and it's someone that I'm not just excited because I really have fallen in love with them, but I know from a logical standpoint, this is going to be a secure meeting with a good with a good partner that I have, that I currently yeah. have. And you don't know that for a while. You know, and, and when I think back now, my most significant relationship after my divorce while we didn't go the distance, we were together for almost six years. 
and she's a marriage and family therapist. So we actually talked about this quite a bit. And she didn't meet my children until the fourth or fifth month of our relationship when we felt that there was some stability there. And our first meeting was bowling. You know, it was just something very, so even if it wasn't so formal, it's like, let's go bowling together and grab a bite to eat after. It was just a very simple kind of get together. And and over the years, there wasn't, a, my children were in there early, like, like nine and 12 was the ages, just to give you some context. And it was very fun and sociable. So it wasn't like all at once, like they saw each other all at once. It was like a little bit over time. And thankfully, you know, after all these years, even though she and I are not in relationship together, even my son, we we talk about her and he speaks of her fondly because it was done with more consciousness and not just thrown together kind of thing. I like the way I like that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely more of a, a of, of an awareness there. And that seems to be really important. I wonder, could we say that that's maybe the is that the same thing with introducing your partner to your parents? I would say it is because I'll say this. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I did it fine with introducing my past girlfriends, we'll say, to my parents because I did it at the appropriate time. But even then, even then, you know, my mom got attached to all of them. She liked all of them to some degree. So while it's not traumatic because my mom is an adult, it's still... You know, it's like, oh, okay, I get it. I'm imagining yeah. I'm a parent and my kid's introducing me to their partner and I yeah. really like them. And then it's like, oh, they break up. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's like I just started and formed this relationship. And it's just like kind of annoying. It's like probably yeah. an annoying thing as a parent to form these relationships with your kids' partners only to see the relationship go away. Again, you can't help it. That's life, you know, what are you going to not introduce your partner to your parents after you've been dating for over a year? No, of course you're going to do that. But just saying, if it happens a lot, it's 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 annoying for the parents. So, so I don't think I've ever told you the story I'm about to share with you. I might have. So, juicy, um, let's go. Oh, this is so juicy. <laughs> so, so in my significant relationship I talked to you about, I think it was our third month dating, I was going to meet her father and her stepmother. And the father was, uh, she grew up in Beverly Hills. He was a big time player, you know, in, in the, both the real estate and movie industry. And he had a, he actually invented a, a pair of glasses that all the movie stars wore back in the fifties. He was part of a fortune 100 company. And literally by her prepping me, I was scared to death to meet this guy. Cause he's this big, he wasn't big. Actually, he was kind of tiny in height, but he had this big, um, you know, stature. And he was very specific with words. Oh, my God. And you know me, Trip. I'm kind of like all over the map because I tend to speak more emotionally and he speaks very logically. And there was this air of uncomfortableness on that first meeting. Now, as we began dating, here's what happened. This is the part I don't think I ever told you about. I think it was the so he had a private investigator check me out. I mean, he hired a private investigator. That's crazy. I mean, like a couple grand to do this. Like not just the surface stuff. He had all my court records from my divorce, 400 pages worth. I mean, some really insane stuff. I mean, I don't know if I was followed. And some stuff came up. And 
because he's very protective of his daughter. And by the way, we're talking about a man in his late 80s. She was in her 50s when we met. This isn't like, you know, some a bunch of 20-year-olds. And what's so fascinating was that she stood up for me because he was kind of being a little bit of like, you shouldn't be with him. And interestingly enough, prior to him passing away, the only photograph, well, let's put it to you this way. One of the photographs on his desk was a picture of her and I together on his desk. Oh, interesting. So like of all the men, it was like all the relationships in her life, whatever there was, that photograph was on his desk um, wow. of me and her. Like you I got accepted. Now on the flip side, my mom met Sherry and fell absolutely in love with her, just fell absolutely in love with her. And when my mom was passing away, even though Sherry and I were not together, she came to the hospital and had a good one hour conversation with Sherry. And she was like family to us, um, or family. I and mean, that's how we treat each other. And even her father when he passed away. So it took a little time to get there. I had to jump through more hoops because she was the father was protective of the daughter. My mother just loved Sherry right from the get-go. So <laughs> I want to give some advice to people who are meeting their partner's parents. This is the best piece of advice in terms of how to really nail it. Okay. Okay. And you're you're gonna like this. So whether you're man or woman meeting the parents, this goes for everybody. It's really simple. When you're meeting your partner's parents, just try to get to know them. Mm. That's it. That's it. If you do that, all the other things like, oh, you know, bring bring a gift and all that stuff. Like, yeah, that's nice. All those things. Do you really want to make an impression? Have conversations with them and ask them questions and get to know them as if you're meeting someone for the first time. I yeah. feel like that is something that doesn't happen too often because you you get a little nervous. You kind of want your partner to lead. You want the parents to lead. You're the odd person out. The parents will remember you the most when you actually give a shit about meeting them. And and I can imagine, too, that if I were ever to have a kid who's got a partner and they bring them to my house and they're shy or they're not like giving me eye contact or not asking me any questions, they're not personable towards me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not have the most positive thoughts on them right away. Yeah. I'm not. I'd hope to not be quick to judge that fast, but imagine if they were the opposite. I'd be like, "Wow!" And then I might know my daughter, but like, you know, Tim's a really great guy. I'd feel that way because he 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 didn't just come in all scared, but he came and and wanted to get to know me. Like he actually gives a crap. And can I give you a specific question? Because you love, love specifics. Love. Okay, my favorite it. question to ask, you know, just any couple. It's because it, it could be any couple. It could be, you know, the parents. It could be, you know, other people in your life. It could be the friends. My favorite question to ask is, how did you two meet and how'd you fall in love? You ask the parents that. Oh, yeah, yeah. How'd you two meet? You know, because people love to tell the story. And like, and then I say, when did you guys fall in love? I mean, it's kind of a byproduct of being a dating relationship coach. You know, I. I That's I, assuming you're meeting parents that are still, still together. Well, but even, well, here's the thing. So it was her father and stepmother. So because her mother had passed away, but yeah, just when you're meeting a couple now, I guess it wouldn't, you couldn't do the same 
if you're meeting a divorced person and they're not with anyone, you might want to ask, so what caused your divorce? No, you wouldn't want to do that. That's a joke. <laughs> um, but I, I love that question. And also asking about something related to their childhood. Like I remember he was in the military service or, or asking, what, what inspired you? You know, asking about military. I remember asking that. But the, the second biggest question is, what inspired you? to do blank. And that was what inspired you to start a glassware company. And that's what he did. What inspired you to, you know, he, he got in the movie industry. I mean, so he had a lot of richness in his life. And this is where your partner can prep you a little bit ahead of time, like what she did. So I could ask those questions, those specific questions. I'm saying being tongue in cheek now. No, that's, that's huge. That is such a good question to ask because that is an example of exactly what I was just saying it shows that you care that you're interested in meeting them and that's the bottom line is the parent wants to know that you're interested in meeting them and not just being the partner to your daughter or son I think the other thing is and you might I wonder how you feel about this is I remember specifically that in that case of meeting her father it was like he was the more influential person in the room like whereas when my girlfriend met my mother I was I told her right up front my mother was the more influential person in the room like yeah the alpha the leader well not not so much that my mother wasn't alpha but that's the person you kind of have to impress like kind of thing the alpha is 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 synonymous with the leader right like there's usually one, one person who's a little bit more of a leader in the relationship so yeah, you're right. It could be the it could be the mom. It could be the dad. Yeah, who's driving the ship, and then yeah. that is usually the person you want to impress, so to speak. Well, and not that you should do anything disingenuous, because that's not what I'm suggesting here. But certainly, be mindful that this person has some influence over you know the other person's life as well as your own life. So it's just being mindful on that. I'll say this on another note. Something I've learned is that when you meet friends or when you meet parents, when you meet the social circle people around your partner, it's important for them to like you, but don't get too ahead of yourself. If you make this amazing impression and the parents love you, it it's, again, it's very helpful. It's so important but it it's never going to be as important as your partner liking or loving you. I know that sounds kind of obvious, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but people, I'm telling you, people get carried away and they go like, oh, I made a good impression of the parents. Like, you know, her, her parents love me, her friends love me. That is never going to keep the relationship together. That's the oh, super oh. duper bonus but it's not the necessity to hold the relationship. And again, I know that sounds very Captain Obvious, but it needs to be said because sometimes people go through that and think that, that, that it's more of a, of a deal than it is. Well, here's the thing. I believe that when we become rooted with our family and our friends in a relationship, it actually helps the relationship be a bit stronger. And let me tell you why, because... And I'm in agreement with what you said in the sense, and well, and I want to say it from this sense, however, 
the more rooted you are with family and friends in a relationship, that it actually helps the relationship itself become stronger because you're not isolated. You're not all alone. So I, I think when from a dependency perspective, absolutely, I you know agree with that. And at the same time, I am in full belief, I, I say this with a knowing, the more we surround ourselves with community, the stronger it makes the relationship. Yeah, totally. It's just not the foundation. No, no, the foundation, you know, it starts with, you know, the you two are the center and build from there. But at the same time, one of the biggest parts of my coaching practice is to absolutely encourage community foundation because a relationship has a hard enough time by itself these days especially with isolation. For example, Megan's family lives a little ways from you. Your family lives a, f- a little bit further from you. So, you know, the m- more you surround yourself with your loved ones, the stronger it makes your relationship. And to, to piggyback off of what you're saying is I would hope that that would, enc- what you're saying, I hope that encourages people to make the introductions. Because there's some people who are listening who might not have even thought about doing it, about introducing. And maybe there's for some specific reasons. Maybe they don't have great relationships with their parents or they or they don't have uh, a lot of friends or something like that. But then there's also a group of people who might not have thought that it is a good idea. And I would say that after you've been dating someone for some time, I would say closer to maybe three-fourths to a year mark that it is really important to start introducing your partner to your family. I would say that your partner is going to end up meeting your friends a lot sooner because those are people that you end up spending usually, generally speaking, more time with. So they're going to well, meet them. But it, it's real, it is important to, to go through this process. You know, to the extent that it's set by a time, I think it's more, and which I do believe, you know, time allows for building trust in a relationship, building safety in a relationship. It does take time to build that. At the same time, I know in my age demographic, it's a little bit different because they come to the table with a bit more experience. So usually I I find at least in, in my age demographic, somewhere between the three and six month mark, not that I want to put a timetable on it, is usually when two people can kind of ferret out, is this something really serious or are we just being casual with one another? Because again, I think the benchmark is, is this serious or is this casual? And whatever timeline that is. Because ultimately, if you want to have a real significant relationship in your life, it's important to be prepared, which I think this podcast my, you know, is helping everyone be prepared for those meetings of whether it's parents or children. And we really didn't get into friends, which I think is a whole separate episode. And I'll tell you why. I think the friends can actually be the gatekeepers of relationships. I have one client of mine who says, I won't make a decision on a guy until he met my friends (laughs) because her own judgment has been off in the past. However, I will say that kind of going back to what I was saying earlier is the 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 friends help yeah so yes you you desperately want your friends to like your partner who doesn't right yeah that's that's an obvious 
However, if your friends don't like your partner, that won't necessarily sway you to end up leaving your partner. You see what I'm saying is as much as the friend and family approval is important, it won't necessarily make or break the the relationship between the two people. I, you know, I have mixed feelings on this. How many friend. times I, have you heard and seen people who end up staying together with partners, even though the friends or the family might see something bad in them or whatever or don't like them, but they do it anyways? And it's like the old uh, Romeo and Juliet story, isn't it? Well, well, that yeah. <laughs> love, I'm, I'm love, thinking. love, love is strong, right? Love conquers and all. And at so. the same time, I will say this with a, a sense of strong knowing: the more support you have that goes beyond the two of you, the stronger the relationship is. When you have strong support of your family and friends in your relationship. Because yeah. those are the people that help you weather the tough times. Not, and tough times can be a variety of different things. It could be loss. It could be financial, you know, concerns in a relationship. And having the support of your community, if you will, helps build that foundation for two people. Because I do believe we are in completely different times than we were 50 years ago when we were more community-based environments. When I say community, I mean family and friends. Okay is so important so important it's not the only thing it's just important yeah no i agree and i think that's what this episode is truly about is the fact that that community is super important and you want to introduce your partner to your friends to your parents you want to have hopefully a, a really good situation you know, I, I, I'm i also thinking about the people listening who are not very close with their parents and or don't have a lot of close friends. We didn't even get into that. And that's a whole that's another conversation as well. Well, let's let's broach the topic, bro. OK, that sounds good. Yeah. Well, you know, it's an interesting situation. Let's imagine you don't like your parents you don't have a good relationship with your parents where does that begin well i have an i have an idea see again this is a much deeper topic and i'm just going to say that from a human behavior perspective oftentimes if there's unresolved issues with your own parents it can bleed into things in your current relationship. Absolutely. And I, I see this habitually. More so times it's than not, not even about the introducing of the parents. If there is tension between an individual and one or both of their parents, and it hasn't been healed by the individual, then it's absolutely going to affect any new relationship. I mean, I can say that with almost a 99% certainty. So if that is you listening, then maybe this is a message that, the most important thing right now isn't to introduce your partner to your parents, but it is to see if there's any ways that you can attempt to heal the situation with your parents, if that is possible, right? That's not always possible. Maybe a parent is deceased or lives very far away and you don't have contact with them anymore or whatever, but to much that you can, or getting into some sort of therapy to resolve some of those issues 
and see where that can take you. Yes. So this, it could be a wake-up call for, for someone. Oftentimes, it's difficult to actually heal the parent relationship. What can be done is the healing within oneself, what, uh, which you just wonderfully, said. Wonderfully, no, wonderfully said, though. I like the way yeah. that you said that. Because that's, that's that, because we can always, we actually have the ability to, to forgive. And I, and I understand there's some people have had some heinous experiences from their parents or surrogate parents. And we can always find a place of healing within ourselves so it doesn't affect future relationships. Because I will tell you, that's usually tends to be one of the primary reasons why relationships end at some point because of unhealed childhood wounds and traumas. Yeah. And the reason why what you're saying is so important is because you don't have control over the other person. You only have control over yourself. So, and I, I speak from people I know who have tough relationships with their parents, friends of mine, and and they've tried to heal and tried to work on it. And sometimes you can't get that far because the parent is not that great of a person and you can't get through to them. And it just, there's nothing you can do, but, or they what could be passed do. away too, by the way. Sure. <laughs> could be right. I said here. that. Oh, yeah. Deceased. Yeah. Yeah. But what's important is you do have some control and you do over yourself. So I, that's why I think that's so important is because you don't want to play victim if, oh, unless you want to, you know, hopefully you want to live a happy life and a fulfilling life. And if that's the case, then it's best to not play victim and know that there is a path and there's a solution. And that is what Jonathan said, healing the, the wounds within yourself. That sometimes doesn't happen that fast. It could be a decade-long journey, but it's definitely a sign or something important for you to do if you're feeling a lot of tension about the introduction of the parents to your partner. Lot to unpack, and I'm glad we Lots did it unpack. today. <laughs> yeah, this is a great episode. If you guys have any thoughts or questions, we'd love to hear from you. Relationships are underrated at gmail.com. Email us. And we're excited to read those and see what's going on. If you want to leave a review, you can do so on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. We love to see reviews and hear from you. Jonathan, fantastic episode. Yeah, likewise, my friend. It's a real pleasure to always talk to you and dive into the depths of relationships a lot more than the surface uh, that I think a lot of people tend to operate on. So I love the deeper dive. Thanks, and we Michael. shall, you're welcome, and we shall continue to do deeper dives as the podcast continues. Thanks so much. I'm Trip Kramer, signing off. And I'm Jonathan Asley, signing off. Have a super duper wonderful, fantastic day.